Thank you for streaming the audio messages of the Fountain Church. Listen, we're so glad that you're here today. Um, really been anticipating the series in my heart. Uh, it's been brewing. I feel like uh, I feel like God's going to be doing something on the inside of us throughout this series uh, that we're never going to be the same. And uh, if you're a first-time guest, we're so grateful that you're here. Welcome home. Can we just give it up for our first-time guest? One more time. Welcome, welcome. Listen, we've been expecting you and we're so glad you're here and you picked a great day to come. We're jumping right into a brand new series entitled Beyond. And really the, the heart behind it is that what God has in store for you is far beyond what you could ever ask, think, or imagine. But it might not be the way you think. And so today I want to kick this off and I want to speak to you from the subject of building beyond. Building beyond. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that, Lord, today it's, it's everything that we're doing is for your name. It's for your glory. God, we don't want to play church. We want to encounter you. Lord, we know that we can go different places and be entertained. We don't need to be any more entertained. We need to experience you in a very real way today, Lord. And so, Lord, I just pray that there'd be no hype in all heart today. That, God, that you would, you would open up our ears to hear and our eyes to see what you would speak to us. Lord, I just surrender my lips to you, God, that my mouth would be used for your glory and for your fame and for your renown. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, anybody ever experienced uh, or have an experience where... It just kind of exceeded your expectations. I Meaning it was, it was an experience that went above and beyond what you expected. Anybody ever experienced anything like that? None of you guys, huh? Hmm. Bunch of boring people today. Uh, well, I, I had one of those experiences this last week. I had the privilege of, of speaking at a conference in Fresno um, on Thursday. And we brought the entire family down there, and everybody, or most of you guys know that we have what we, do, we call a Friday family fun day. And so on Friday, it's, it's a not-for-sale day for me and the family, and we go and we do an adventure. Well, we're in Fresno, so we thought, why don't we check out the zoo? The zoo. And so we ended up going to the zoo in Fresno. Now, the zoo in Fresno is in the hood, like the hood hood. And the landscape is really rough, but we don't care. We're, we're excited. we got kids. We're going to go in there and have some fun. And, but on the outside, I, I, my, my expectations, um, they, they were just a little bit low. Now, this is actually a good picture. But as you're driving into the parking lot, it just, it just looks kind of run down, kind of beat up. And, uh, but we didn't care. We wanted to go see some animals. And so we, we checked in. We got our tickets and we walked in. And when we walked in, there wasn't anything spectacular. But once we hit the first exhibit, my mind started to get blown. They actually had animals that were active. You know what I'm talking about? You know, sometimes you go to the zoo and you're looking like, is that thing alive? <laughs> you know, the elephant's looking like, please, man, just don't even look at me. <laughs> and uh, this is a Komodo dragon, and, and we were in the reptile exhibit, and everything was just alive and vibrant, moving. I looked at Jack, I was like, something's different about this zoo. Like the animals actually looked good, the flamingos were pink. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're, we're kind of blown away just from this first exhibit. And then, then the workers, like their dream team, their dream team was, 
their dream team was amazing. Wasn't as good as our dream team. But you couldn't be at one exhibit for less than a minute. And somebody's coming up with a microphone, with a little speaker, giving you the rundown on all the different types of animals. In fact, I never knew that there was really, you know, the jungle book, the bear in the jungle book. I never knew that there were really bears in the jungle where apparently there are. And for those of you guys looking at me like I'm crazy, um, I know some of you guys didn't know there were bears in the jungle as well. But they're a sloth bear. And I found out because one of the workers came up and said, hey, do you know what kind of bear this is? You know the jungle book? I was like, no, I didn't. That's awesome. It was incredible. <laughs> you guys aren't feeling me. Uh, <laughs> this, this was an above-beyond experience. But, but the actual environments were awesome. Because you, you, got to, you got to step in to an environment. We're like all the zoos around here, like, you know, I'm not hating on Oakland or San Francisco, but everything is, you got to keep away. But here you can walk into everything. And so right here we're on this bridge with a little waterfall backdrop and we're in like a bird sanctuary. There's parrots flying all over, um, over our heads and birds flying everywhere. It was incredible. A little bit scary when you think about you're in the cage. Like you can walk next to kangaroos. My mind was blown. I thought there's no possible way that this is in Fresno. <laughs> this is incredible. But that, that, this, these, these things weren't even the best part. The best part was the menu. $2.89 for a drink. <laughs> a souvenir cup is less than 5 bucks. Like the most expensive thing on the menu was $7. I said, babe, we're moving to Fresno. Mind just blown. And so as we left, we were going back to the conference later that night, and I just really sensed the Holy Spirit drop this in my heart that that's such a prophetic picture of what God has for us as we move into 2018, where the environment surrounding us, the peripheral, the, 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 the surrounding edges of our life may not look the prettiest, but that doesn't mean that we can't be thriving on the inside. That no matter what the neighborhood looks like around us, that as you step on the inside, that there's, there's life and there's vibrancy, something that is far beyond what you ever expected stepping into 2018. You see, I think the Apostle Paul understood this. Now, for those of you guys who are new to church, Paul was a guy who hated Christians, persecuted, wanted to wipe Christianity off the face of the map. He encounters Jesus in a very real way and becomes a catalytic um, apostle for the good news about Jesus. And Paul, he's writing to the church in Ephesus in the book of Ephesians. And he starts to give them a breakdown. He's getting pumped up. And he's starting to give them a breakdown of what God wants to do on the inside of them. He says, you guys don't understand the power that's available to you and I, the power of the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells inside of every believer. Paul said, you don't even know. There's so much power there. He said, if you could only know the love of God, if you could get a revelation of the love of God, it's beyond your comprehension. And then Paul goes on, he says, I want you to be filled to the fullness of God. And then Paul is pumping himself up. And then finally he comes to this crescendo. He comes to this, what we would call a doxology. He comes to the pinnacle. And he says, you know what? 
You know what, let me, let me tell you what God wants to do on the inside of you. He says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. You see, a lot of times this passage is preached out of context. Meaning a lot of times it's preached for things on the external. Like, man, God will give you a better marriage. God can do infinitely and abundantly beyond in your finances. And like all that stuff's true. God can. And God loves to bless his kids. But that's not what Paul's talking about. Paul's talking about the inner man. Paul's saying what God wants to do on the inside of you is infinitely beyond what you could ever ask, think, or imagine according to the power of the Spirit's work within your life. You see, I think as we move into a new year, many of us, with good intentions, we start with the external. Right? I'm going to get a six-pack. I'm going to go on a diet. Gym memberships are flourishing. But we have some, some, some also some, some goals of, of wanting to put ourselves in a better position financially and career-wise. If you're single, maybe you're going to meet somebody this year. And, and all those things are great. They're just not the best place to start. You see, because a, a lot of our external disappointments, if we're honest, come from an internal dysfunction. Like, like, like you know how it is. Maybe it's not that you need to just try to stop spending this year. Maybe you need God to do a work of contentment on the inside of your heart that will modify that behavior because your heart is transformed, not because you're trying to patch something up on the outside. And Pastor Chris did an incredible job on preaching a message on dealing with denial and disappointment last week. So if you missed it, you need to go back and listen to that. Because it's so crucial as we head into 2018. Because the truth of the matter is, I'm here to give you some good news. Is you're going to have trouble this year. You say, Pastor Matt, can you be a little bit more positive? It's New Year's. I brought a friend today. All right. I'm positive you're going to have trouble this year. In fact, Jesus, Jesus said it that way. Jesus said, in this life, you're going to have trouble. Meaning, there's no promises on the external that things are going to be perfect this year. Chances are they're probably not going to go all as planned. But here's the beauty. If we are being built up in our inner man beyond, if you and I have a foundation that's so firm that no matter what is shaken on the outside, you won't be and you can still have a great year no matter what it looks like. That's the real message of the gospel. The real message of the gospel has far less to do with what's happening on the peripheral and it has so much to do with what's happening on the inside. Are you guys tracking with that? Now, now, hear me out. It's good to have external goals. Keep your external goals. Don't, you know, can them. Like, no, keep those external goals. Those are good things to have. It's just what God wants to do on the inside of you is beyond. It's beyond. In other words, let me, let me, let me tell it to you like this. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. And we have to first reach for heaven's reign before we reach for heaven's reign. 
Now, R-E-I-G-N means to set apart as king, to rule, to be lord over. Now, a lot of times in the new year, we get these two mixed up. We want the reign or the blessing from heaven, and that's what we pursue. Sometimes we pursue the blessing far beyond the blesser. But it, that's, a, it's, that's, that's backwards. It's backwards because I'll tell you why. If Christ is ruling and reigning in your life, if God has the throne of your heart, it's going to rain. No. This way, where Christ is ruling and reigning, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is favor. There is fruitfulness. There is help. There is health and vitality. Listen, where the spirit of God is ruling and reigning, now everybody lean into this. There is hope in barren places. That even when it looks dead, on the inside, you can still be so much alive. Scripture speaks of it like this. Though the outer man is passing away, the inner man is being renewed day by day. And so, and so when Christ is ruling and reigning, all, listen, no matter what you're facing externally, it can still be reigning internally. And that's what we really want anyways. Because so many things that we chase and that we crave really speak to an inward discontentment. And all those things are good. Pursue them. Just don't start there. Now, some of you guys are thinking that's great. That preach is really good. Very cute with your rain and rain. It's awesome. But Monday's coming, and it's tomorrow, and I'm still dealing with my life, and it's not raining. And I'm trying to figure this year out. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make some headway this year. So how does this work out practically? Well, Jesus speaks to this very critical element when it comes to building a life beyond, when it comes to building the inner man. How in the world do we let Christ rule and reign. You guys ready for this? This is rocket science. Daily obedience to God's word. If you're new to church, that means the Bible. Now, when we think about daily obedience to God's word, sometimes we get it distorted. So let me explain. When you confess Jesus as Lord, salvation happens in a moment. Allowing him to rule and reign as Lord happens daily. It's, it's a daily obedience. Now, this word has gotten a bad rap. Because many of us have heard that word come from mouths that aren't healthy. And obedience has been, has really for us equals abuse. But Jesus said it like this. He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. What he's, what he's saying is that I don't want, I, I'm not just like a tyrant in the sky wanting to force you to do something you don't want to do. Jesus says, no, I want your motivation to follow me, to serve me, to obey my word, to be from a place of love. Because you love me. Because in light of all that God has done for you, in light of the cross, in light of washing our sins away, in light of everything that Christ has done, that produces a love in our heart where he becomes more beautiful than anything else in the world. And Jesus said, listen, I want your obedience to come from a motivation of love. I'm not trying to pull you in a direction that you don't want to go, even though sometimes God's word has to correct us along the way. Because there's, there's some tension and we want to go one way and God is saying, no, that's not what's best for you. In fact, obedience, God, God wants us to be obedient to his word, not just because he's a big bad bully in the sky, but as a good father, he knows what's best for his kids. 
And obedience to his word is going to position us for a successful year. And that's just the reality of it. In fact, Jesus drives this point home in Matthew chapter 7. And look what he says. Matthew chapter 7. He says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. It goes on to say, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is giving us a picture of of, of two houses. Aesthetically, they both look the same. One is built on the surface, the other one The guy dug down real deep beneath the surface to make sure that the foundation was set and was secured. Now, it's really important to understand what Jesus is talking about in the context of this passage because he's speaking about false religion. He's saying if you build your life thinking that you can earn your way to God, if you build your life on these false precepts that you just try to live a good life and try to do your thing, he said that is like building your house on on the sand. But if you build your life according to my word, which means this, which is really good news, that uh, we can't save ourselves, that we are in need of a Savior, that we're saved by grace through faith alone, that there's a God who loves us desperately. He says when you start to build your life on that, you're going to be solid, and that's going to take you, and that's going to cause you to be able to withstand the judgment of the future and also the winds of today. Because culture is shifting. But he says you don't have to. Now, this is, this is a, a very practical teaching. Okay, I've got to build a foundation. But this is the foundation that so many of us neglect, even those who have been in the church for a long time. We know that obedience to God's word builds a solid foundation, but we'd rather be obedient to our feelings. We'd rather be obedient to our desires. We'd rather be obedient. And then we wonder why out of every wind we crash. I think a great picture of this. Or what, what paints a great picture for us is one recon in San Francisco. Anybody ever see this building as you're coming over the Bay Bridge? Super cool building. It's the tallest apartment building in the city. And it's the only one on the West Coast with a, a, a water damper. Now let me explain to you what that means. So on the top of this roof here, you see this, this little extra space. That is a water tank filled with 50,000 gallons of water. Let me show you how this thing is built. It has two pylons on each side that are driven deep into the surface of the earth. And they operate like ski poles, you know, so you can kind of lean back and forth. So when the wind and the earthquakes come and you're in San Francisco, it's a little bit scary. And especially if you're paying millions of dollars for, you know, 700 square feet, you want to make sure you, you have some flexibility. And, and so what, what ends up happening is up on the top in this water tank, as the wind blows or as an earthquake hits, As the wind is blowing this way, the water goes in the opposite direction. And it has these bafflers in the middle that make sure that the water flows at just the right speed so it's not overbearing and rocks it in the other direction. So it's a complete stabilization. And you have the two pylons on the side, so they're stabilized. You have the water on top. Like this building is probably the safest building in San Francisco, believe it or not. And it's it's one of the tallest. It might be the tallest. But there's there's such a stability. And and as I was looking at this, I thought, what? 
when a life comes up under the word of God and the winds blow and difficulty and trial and pain and trouble because it's coming. All of a sudden, listen, doubts blowing your way, fear, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, all of a sudden, as it's blowing this way, the word of God says, nope, we're not going there. Stability. But you got to be under it. You got to be up under the very word of God. Some of us, we desperately need that stability this year. Can I just speak? All of us need that stability this year. Because as much as I would love to tell you, hey, it's all good, it's not all good. And there's a lot of people that are living apart from Jesus. There's a lot of families that are falling apart. There's a lot of marriages that are dilapidated. There's a lot of singles who are depressed. And they're looking to the church. And we want to be able to position them for success. Say, hey, this is, listen, this is what life looks like when you're under God's word. They look, they say, your life's a mess. How are you still standing? Like your 2018 is horrible. Why is it still great? Because I'm up under that which brings me stability. I'm up under that which holds me in the midst of. Are you tracking with that? Now, now so, so this is how I want to wrap this up today. I want to give you three benefits of coming up under God's word. And we're going to be in Psalm chapter 19. But before we get there, i got to explain a couple things to you. Starting from verses 1 through 6, we experience what's called um, God is describing himself and God is revealing him, himself through what we would call natural revelation. Natural revelation means that the skies and the heavens and the earth and creation scream out the glory of God, declare the glory of God. Creation screams that God exists, that God is very much alive. But starting in verse 7, it shifts from natural revelation to special or supernatural revelation of God through the Scripture. And so as we look at, we're only going to look at three statements. There's six of them, so I want to encourage you to go read the last three on your own. But these first three, I thought, as we move into 2018, if you can catch what I'm about to say right now, it's going to change your year. I promise you that. Because God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly beyond on the inside of you more than you could ask, think, or imagine. Now, as we look at each one of these phrases, there's going to be three things that we're going to see about God's word. I want to teach you a little bit today. Is that okay? We're going to see a title of God's word. We're going to see a characteristic of God's word. And we're going to see a benefit of God's word. All right. So you're tracking. So the first one is this. First one, first statement is that the law of the Lord is perfect. We have title and we have a characteristic. The law of the Lord is good. Now, the law is like one of the most common words used to describe the Bible or used to describe the scripture. A lot of times we think of, of law as a bad thing, but all of us would be living in a crazy environment if we didn't have law. It, it speaks to truth. It speaks to authority that when God speaks, there's an authority behind his voice. How many of you guys know when God has something to say, everything listens, whether it wants to or not? 
And so what that says is that it doesn't matter what you and I experience in life, no matter how supernatural it may be. It doesn't matter what you experience. It doesn't matter what I experience. That the word of God is true. It's the final authority. So all of our experiences have to come up under the truth of God's word. Are you guys, you guys tracking with that? And so God's word speaks um, to that finality. God's word speaks as truth, as law. As it's a done deal. And so then he goes on to say that it's perfect. Now, this word perfect in the Hebrew, it's just like we use it, except it's, it's a little bit broader. So it means complete. You know, normally when we would say something is perfect, we look and as I look at my wife, I'm like, perfect. <laughs> perfect, meaning everything is in its place, just as it should be. But the Hebrew takes it a little bit further, stretches it a little bit further. It means that it's covered on every side. You know, men's philosophies and ideologies, they will come and they will go and they will always come up short. But the word of God has standed the test of time, civilizations, kingdoms. Everybody that's tried to snuff it out has been unsuccessful. Because, listen, you cannot overthrow what will last forever. God said it very clearly, my word is not going away. It's perfect and it covers all sides. If you're looking for the most relevant book to your life today, it is the scriptures. It's, it's timeless and it speaks to every aspect of your life. Are you guys tracking with that? So the benefit though, the law of the Lord is perfect, but look what the benefit is. It revives the soul. Like, let that sink in for a moment. How many of you here today, your soul could use a little reviving? What revive means, it means to put life back into you. For some of you, 2017, you existed in many areas of your life, but weren't living. For some of you, it's been long before 2017. But, but God's word, it revives the soul. And this word soul, it comes from the word nepesh. It means, it means the inner man. Go figure exceedingly, abundantly beyond what God wants to do in your inner man. And so it revives our soul. God's word, it changes us. It changes us. It, it, it refreshes and revives our soul. It renews our mind and makes it possible for you and I to walk and to know and to live in God's will by the power of his spirit. I mean, I mean think, think how amazing that is. That God's word, it's alive and active and able to do such a work on the inside of you. It's almost as if God's word, God's word tunes the frequency of our life to the frequency of his voice. You know, this a uh, couple weeks ago, Jack and I were sitting around and it was one of those days that I just kind of felt the gravity of my job. And Jackie and I, we were, we were kind of feeling this together and just thought, it's not easy to pastor people. Like anybody can get up, you know, here and speak and we can do church, but we don't want to just do church. Like we want to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to us. We want people to be cared for at every level. We want people to really be discipled. We want people to really know and walk and live in a life-loving relationship with Jesus. And that's a little overwhelming. Uh, if, if, you know, it rests on your shoulders, and we know that this place does not rest on our shoulders, it rests on his shoulders, but there's still a responsibility we have. And so I was just feeling it that day, and, and sometimes you ask and you wonder, 
you got the right couple? Lord, are, are you sure? Like, it was so funny because Facebook, Jackie popped open Facebook just kind of randomly, and the, the president of our denomination, he posted something. And he posted Isaiah 43. And he posted Isaiah 43, 19, which is the very verse God gave us when we first came. And it was like, it was, it was, it was such a, a funny moment. We weren't in like a dire straits or anything like that. Like we know God has called us here. But what it did is it revived a confidence again. That I've put you here. I've called you here. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And it resurrected, it revived, it put some life back in where doubt was trying to creep in. A little wind was trying to creep in. And the guys were saying, no, not gonna, that's not going to happen. Straighten up, stability. Are you guys tracking with that? Listen, that's why it's so important that we are in God's word on a daily basis. I don't get brownie points for you reading your Bible. Like God's going to say, hey, good job, bro, another ruby. Another one's reading the Bible. No, I want you in your Bible because I want your soul to be revived daily. I want God to renew you, to strengthen you, to build you. You guys tracking with that? Second statement. Second statement is this. The testimony of the Lord is sure. In other words, title, God's word is testimony. It's God revealing himself. And it says, the Lord, the testimony of the Lord is sure. It's true. You know, this is huge, especially in a world full of fabrication. I mean, it's so hard to know what's real and what's not. I think we saw this big time when reality TV first came out. Like it started off real and then it got fabricated really quick. That's just how it works in our culture. Something starts off authentic and then we try to duplicate it and we try to mass produce it and, and all that good stuff. You, you can't do that. You, you can't do that with God. Like you can't just reproduce an encounter with him. You just, you just can't fake that stuff. And, uh, but, but God's word is, is his, the testimony about himself. It's sure. It, it allows us to have sure footing. And I don't know about you, but that is so huge in a world that's constantly shifting. Constantly. And look what it says. It says, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Making wise the simple. This is huge. Because I talk to a lot of people every single week that are asking the question, I just don't know what to do. Like, what do I do? What do I do with my life? Isn't it interesting? Sometimes we want God to reveal his unknown will, but we don't want to pay attention to his will that's already revealed. Like we want to know, hey, God, tell me what job to take, but we don't want to know about how God has called us to live and to position ourselves for success. And, but it's so important. People are wondering, like, what in the world do I do? And this word simple in the Hebrew, it, it, it just means, it means um, lacking wisdom, lacking discretion, foolishness. I love what Dr. Henry Cloud, how he described wise and foolish. Dr. Henry Cloud says it like this. He says, a wise person adjusts their life, his or her life, to the truth. A foolish person tries to adjust the truth to their life. Because they lack discretion. And God's word says, listen, I want to make wise the simple. But here's the root word of this word simple. I'm, te I'm teaching you something today. The root word to this word simple, it means an open door. It means that you have the door of your mind is open so anything can come in and anything can flow out. In other words, simply said, you're not guarding your heart. 
that anything can go in and come out just as it pleases. It can go in, it can come out. And, and this, this is huge because if we're going to build our life on what God says, then sometimes we have to stop listening to what others are saying. If we're going to be obedient to God's word daily, we got to have to shut out some other voices. Point in case is Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a gentleman found in the Old Testament. And Nehemiah was an interesting dude because God had put a vision in his heart to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem where at this particular time the people were disheartened. They were discouraged because their enemies could go in and out as they pleased. They can come in, ravage, plunder, and leave and come back next week and do the same because there was no protection. So Nehemiah starts to build these walls, but he has some critics. They didn't like what he was doing because it was messing up their flow. And so they kept trying to distract him, threatening him, all these different things. Finally, they sent a letter, hey, come and meet with us. And Nehemiah said, I will not get down from this wall for I am doing a good work. And I'm not going to be distracted by voices that are keeping me from building the life that God has called me to build, to walk in the calling that God has called me to walk. Now, some of you might be saying, well, that's a little closed-minded. I'm just very open-minded. A Jewish rabbi would say, then shut it. Because you can be so open-minded that your brain falls out. Are you tracking with me? <laughs> it's an open door. And, and the cool thing about God's word, listen, a door simply determines what we're going to let in and what we're going to let out. And God's word is simply the peephole that gives us the discernment to know what to let in and what to keep out. Are you guys tracking with that? Some of us this last year, our foundation is so weak because we've been building our lives on what other people have said and not building our lives on what God has said. And we wonder why it's so shaky. God is saying, you got to flip your flow. You got to change your source. Are you guys tracking with that? All right, last statement is this. And worship team, you guys could come up. Uh, actually, let me, let me point out one last thing on, on, on wise. Wise simply means skilled in the practical aspects of holy living. That's what God's word does for us. It, it gives us the skill to live practically in the life that God has called us to live. And this is huge for the Jewish people. Huge for the Jewish people because they thought the ultimate fool is one that knew what they should do but didn't do it. And so they wanted to practice living in such a way that would position themselves for holy living. And they knew that God's word would set them up for success. Last statement is this. Bam. Go. There it is. Third statement. The precepts of the Lord are right. The precepts, the principles, the guidelines. It amazes me how so many times when we think about the Bible, especially if you're new to church, you probably see it through the lens of restriction. But really it's, 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 it's within God's boundaries that you're truly free. A lot of times we see the Bible is, is, is narrow. And, and truthfully, yeah, Jesus said wide is the road that leads to destruction and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few will find it. So there's narrow, there's narrow aspects, but when it comes to God's precepts, when it comes to his word, when it comes to his principles, 
when it comes to obeying him, it's not to restrict you. It's so that you can live a life of freedom to live the life that God has called you to live. That's, that's, that's the invitation. It's not, hey, I'm God, you better obey me. It's no, come in, it's so much sweeter over here. Listen, I know it's rough on the outside, but step in. Step into some of these exhibits. Step into some of these experiences. You're going to be blown. And, and the cost, you're going to pay a whole lot less. Listen, some of us, we've paid so much with our lives because we just refuse to listen. You know, there's two ways you're going to learn. You're going to learn from wisdom or you're going to learn from consequence. But you don't have enough bones in your body to always learn from consequence. At some point, you got to start to learn from wisdom. And so the precepts of the Lord, they're right. Now, this doesn't mean right as opposed to everything else is wrong. It means the right path. It means God, his word positions you to walk on the right path. I don't know about you, but I want to make wise decisions as a father this year. I want to make wise decisions as a husband, as a pastor. I want to make wise decisions in what I think about and what I allow in and what I allow out. And God's word has a way of just setting us our course for success. You know, some of the decisions that we make today, they've already been made before because of the path that we've been on. Like we've, because of the path we've been on, the decisions that we're making today, many times, it, it, it's, of course we're making those decisions because we've been on this path. It's time to change your source. It's time to shift from your precepts to his. The Lord, they're, they're right. And look, look, look what it leads to. I, I love this picture. I love it. There it is. Oh, smack. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. There we go. Oh, here we go. No. Here we go. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Stability, peace, joy, no matter what happens. Can I encourage you with this today? In other words, three benefits of coming up under God's word. No matter what's happening externally, God is able to revive your soul no matter what the circumstance looks like. God is able to give you wisdom in, the mo in moments of confusion, give you clarity when you're not really sure what to do, give you discernment when things feel a little bit discombobulated. And he's able to set your feet on a right path and position you for success. And as a result of that, is joy everlasting. That doesn't come from an external world. That comes from a beyond inner life. That can only come by the power of God's spirit. So here's my challenge to you today. One year Bible. It's the beginning of the year. It's the perfect time to jump into this. You say, why do you always talk about the one year Bible? Well, if you start reading it, you would know why I keep talking about it. Because I want you to be, I want your soul to be refreshed and revived. I want you to set and position yourself with wisdom this year. And I want your feet to be on the right path so you can rejoice. No matter what's happening to you. And a great way is to, to, to develop this habit. Now, you may not be in the habit of reading your Bible. If you are, step it up this year. Don't just settle here. Step it up. 
And a great way to do that is to join us in 21 days of fasting and prayer. Join us in 21 days of fasting and prayer. If you don't know what to fast on our website, we have a ton of information for you to know how to pick and choose your fast. And what we're basically doing, sometimes you have to disconnect from some things to reconnect to other things. And so we're going to disconnect from the world in a healthy way so that we can connect with God and give him the first of our year. Because I don't know about you, but I want his strategy. I want his wisdom. I want his freedom this year. And so listen, if you're not sure what to do, go out to our blue tent. We have our team there. Be happy to answer any questions that you might have when it comes to prayer and fasting. But here's the cool thing is they say it takes 21 days to start a habit. So jump on with us.